You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Tuesday edition, everybody, of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, a Tuesday, January the 18th and a Wednesday, January 19th. My name is Matt Derry. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. And joining us today, the legendary Sean McDonough, voice of ESPN and ABC College Football, voice of the Red Sox, uh, voice of the NHL on ESPN and ABC, former voice of Monday Night Football, uh, the championship game call, Alabama and Georgia on ESPN Radio. Shawnee Mack is going to join us coming up momentarily to talk about his buddy Chris Spielman, what he thinks about the Lions, what about the draft. He's been around Michigan. He's been around Aiden Hutchinson. We'll get Sean's thoughts on all of that coming up momentarily uh, momentarily on the show uh, today. We thank you for listening and making us your first listen each and every day right here on Locked On Lions. You can find me on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, at Locked On Lions on Twitter and also the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. Let, let me get something out of the way right away before we get to Sean. Uh, last night, Matthew Stafford and the Rams clobbered the Cardinals. Clobbered them in an ugly, ugly game that saw Stafford, the former Lions quarterback, win his first ever playoff game. He is no longer 0-3. He's now 1-3 after an impressive performance last night. Stafford only threw the ball 17 times, and he only had to because Cam Akers in the ground game were great. The Rams' defense was terrific against Arizona. I don't know what Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury were doing. That was an embarrassment. And the Rams cruised to a win. And what happened on social media, you knew what was coming. And even today, Colin Cowherd, some of the national guys, oh, yeah, Stafford needed to get out of Detroit. He doesn't have a good culture in Detroit. He never had a good culture, never had players around him. He's got a running game. He's got a defense. Now he's doing it all with the Rams. And it's like, hold on a second. You can be happy for Matthew Stafford, and I am. He's got that monkey off his back now. He's won a playoff game. But this notion that in 2015, when the Lions lost in the playoffs to the Cowboys 24-20 to in Dallas, that they didn't have a good culture, that they didn't have good players that day, is a joke. 2015 Lions should have beaten Dallas on the road. They led 14-0. They led at the half 17-7. You know what happened in that game? Besides the bad call and the referees and Brandon Pettigrew and Anthony Hitchens and all that stuff. You know what else happened in that game? Matthew Stafford in the second half disappeared. He fumbled twice. He was intercepted. He had a passer rating in that game below 90. Tony Romo had a passer rating that day of 114. And the Cowboys came back and won 24-20. You know who Stafford had on that team? And Dominican Sue, Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate. Stop with the poor culture, never anybody around him routine. In 2015, that was their best chance to win a playoff game. And in the second half of that game, he disappeared. They scored three points. I don't want to hear it. The whole This whole thing is ridiculous. Fumbled twice and was intercepted. 
He's playing well. The Rams look good. They could probably go into Tampa and win if they play like they played last night. And Stafford will get his 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 bouquets. But this notion that he never, ever had a culture. Jim Caldwell was so popular with that team. 2015 team was really good. Sue was on that team in, 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 in his prime. Calvin, Tate, come on. Don't do that. That's all I'm saying. We're going to talk to Sean McDonough coming up next. First, TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts... That's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out. Maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you launched your own startup or you're working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. Always a pleasure to catch up with this guy. You see him all over ESPN and ABC, whether it's the NHL, college football, of course. On Saturdays, he saw Michigan, he saw Alabama and Georgia, and he used to work with Chris Spielman, who, of course, is now with the Lions. It is the great Sean McDonough joining us here on Lockdown Lions today. Shawnee Mack, what's up, buddy? How are you, Matt? Always good to talk to you. Back at you, my friend. Life is good? Life is great. Yep, no complaints whatsoever. Enjoying the winter here in Arizona which is you know, kind of redundant. That's where you want to be in the wintertime, in the Valley of the Sun, and enjoying my various responsibilities that you just delineated. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I want to start with Chris Spielman. I, I know you loved working with him. You know, you are known around these parts for the trouble with the snap game, and, and he was your color analyst that day. What do you think about him go, going back into this or into it really for the first time in the front office of the Lions, and how much do you still talk to him? Uh, we text more than we talk these days. He's busy. You know, I'm not as busy. But, you know, I'm thrilled for him. I think there was no doubt that it was the right move for him. He was ready for a challenge like this. He's always had great affection for the Lions. And, you know, I talked to him a lot during the time when the Lions had approached him about taking on this role and he was pondering whether he thought that was the right move or if he should stay in TV. And you know, I told him, I, I think it's definitely the right move. You know, not he's tremendous on TV. You can always go back and do TV, you know, but this was uh, some, a chance to really put his stamp on something and change, help change something that he cares really deeply about. So I'm happy for him. You know, I think that they're heading in the right direction based on the way the season ended. And I just can't admire anybody more than I do. I know I've said this to you before when we've talked about Chris, but I I don't know a better person, and I don't say that lightly. You know, he's a man of tremendous faith. He's an unbelievable family man. You know, he he has, has more, really. I don't know anybody who has more integrity, who's more honest, uh, he's a, been a wonderful friend to me and to a lot of other people. I mean, by any standard that you would judge a person, uh, I can't I can't think of how I can possibly hold him in higher esteem than I do. It's interesting. He told our uh, our our mutual friend Dave Pash 
on on Dave's podcast last month that when Rod Wood and the Lions approached him, it was like, hey, do you want to interview for the GM job? And he said, I, I, I'm not ready to do that. There are so many people in football, whether it's broadcasters, former players, that would go, yeah, I could be the GM. He doesn't want to be the GM yet. It's almost like there's not a lot of people that would that would admit that, you know? No, that's true. And I think that speaks to what we were just talking about. You know, his character, you know, he wasn't going to try to push to do that job when he knew that he probably wasn't as well qualified to do it as uh, some other people would be. You know, I think he stepped into – the perfect role you know he's offering great advice to ownership and management he's there to uh, help the gm and the coaching staff and you know, he's learning the business side of the operation as well and yeah you know, I, I think it's brilliant on their part to bring him in in this role and let him learn and let him you know, get more comfortable and then see you know what makes more sense for his specific role going forward but you know, he's a great resource with his playing career and you know his time spent in broadcasting. He's a tremendous analyst. You know, I loved working with him as much as anybody I've ever worked with. And you know, I just think it makes sense, and I'm really happy for him. You know, that I think this was uh, the right challenge at the right time in his life. I think he was ready for something different. And this was the perfect something different. Talking to Sean McDonough, ESPN, ABC. You know him well, so what do you think was going through his mind sitting in those press boxes this year, both home and away, when the team lost 13 games? Yeah, I'm sure it was tough, but I think he knew going there that you know this wasn't going to be an immediate turnaround. You know that there was a lot of work to do, and I think you know part of the part of it that was really important to him was the establishing of a culture. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why he liked Dan Campbell and other people involved in the coach selection process did uh, like about him was they really felt, you know, he was the kind of person who would get everybody to pull in the same direction and to play with great effort and enthusiasm. And, you know, I thought it was an interesting hire, but you know, based on what I saw, particularly at the end of the year, as I said, I, I think there's some hope for the future there. And it really did look like, you know, even in the face of a season with a lot more, losses than wins you know it seemed like they played hard and uh and seemed to really like him you know there was some video i saw of some pretty emotional locker room scenes at the end of the year where you know clearly they had a lot of respect and affection for the coach so i think that's a positive going forward too you you called monday night football for a while you've been around the nfl it's not easy to win and uh here here in detroit i mean it's been a lot of losing um, but having a guy like you said, like a resource like like Chris, um, it, it it is the right match, isn't it? Because of just the hard times they've been through, and he's one guy that will put his neck on the line for this organization, isn't he? Oh, without doubt. You know, there'll be nobody who will work harder. You know, I think he certainly has the skill set, you know, the character, the intelligence, the experience, you know, everything that you would want in somebody who's going to be involved in making important decisions he obviously has great judgment about who can play and who can't who can coach and who can't so i think that's invaluable to the lions as they go forward and he just couldn't have a better person near the top of any organization you know i said i don't know anybody of higher character anybody who works harder you know anybody who is as well-intentioned you know he's He's always going to do the right thing, even if it isn't necessarily the best thing for him. And, you know, the example you gave about 
not wanting to be the GM because he didn't think, you know, he would be the best choice to do that uh, speaks volumes to who he is. And it's interesting because the Lions staff is all these former players and it's a lot of guys that maybe didn't have a lot of coaching experience. And now we're seeing across the NFL and so you're dealing every week in the fall with college coaches to make that jump or to go from college to the NFL and just to, to coach in that league. Also not an easy uh, thing to do. And a lot of those college guys have, have failed at the next level. I mean, I watched Cliff Kingsbury last night. I don't know what that was. <laughs> so, you know, you know, well, Sean? There's a lot of talk about that here in Arizona. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, college and pro coaching are a lot different. And, you know, I think, to me, and I know, you know as we speak, there's been a lot of speculation about Jim Harbaugh's future in your neighborhood. And, you know, I wouldn't blame any college coach if they had an opportunity to coach in the NFL for doing it with everything that's involved in college coaching right now. I mean, the transfer portal has just added another headache to it, although in some ways it's also added, you know, the mechanism by which you can get better fast. And a great example of that is also in your neck of the woods at Michigan State. You know, yeah. they were oh, yeah. uh, very active in the transfer portal and they hit a lot of home runs in there, especially with the running back. And, you know, completely turn their program around but you know it's an awful lot to deal with and the name image and likeness thing is another issue that schools have to figure out how to navigate it and allegedly do it within the rules um, so I just think if you want to be a football coach uh, there are probably fewer headaches in coaching in the NFL than there are in college football these days so that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't stun you if Harbaugh ended up with the Raiders or, or anything like that. Uh, it wouldn't stun me if he wound up back in the NFL someplace. You know, the Raiders, as we're talking, you know, that's an interesting situation. Right? I mean, Rich Basaccia, who I like a lot. You know, I met him during that time when I was doing the NFL. He's a really good guy, and he's always been very well liked and respected in the NFL. You know, for his work as a special teams coach, considered one of the best in the league, and you know, for his for his personality and his character, I mean, he's a good guy, and everybody likes him. And not surprised that the players really like him. And you know, to step into what he stepped into with the mess after John Gruden, and you know, some other, you know, the awful this tragedy with the car crash, and you know, a couple of other things that uh, took you know, some of their best players away, and obviously added a lot of uh, angst and sorrow. And, it's. Uh, I thought he did a remarkable job. So I don't know if they're feeling pressure to keep him, but I do know you know Jim is very well thought up in the Raider organization, and you know he basically got his start in coaching there as well as you know. So you know that makes sense if they don't feel uh, the pressure to give it to Rich Passaccia based on what he did and you know how fond those players out there in Las Vegas clearly are of him. Sean McDonough is with me. I want to ask him about uh, one of Harbaugh's guys, uh, the great Aiden Hutchinson, of course, who uh, did every, did everything on the defensive side of the ball and what kind of a fit that would be for the Lions. Sean called a bunch of Michigan games this year. We'll do that coming up next. Bet online, though, would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's simple. Go to their web uh, website. The mobile website as well. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Bet online, fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. They are where the game starts. 
More with Sean McDonough from ABC and ESPN College of Football, play-by-play man. Of course, going to do some NHL or has done some NHL, the voice of the NHL now. And you may actually get back to Detroit one of these days, Sean, to uh, do a Red Wings game. That'd be cool. That would be cool. You know, it's hockey town, as you know, and tremendous history there. And, you know, for so long, they had such a great run. And it seems like it's heading back in the right direction, which is great. So, you know, that would be great. You know, there's a lot of times here in different sports. Well, you know, this league is better if this team is better. You know, college football is better if the University of Miami is good. And you know, I think the NHL is better when, when the Detroit Red Wings are good. So, would love to see that happen. No doubt. We'd love to see you back here. All right. So you did some U of M games this year. Aiden Hutchinson certainly had, had some monster games, finalists for the Heisman. Lions sit at number two. The fans all all here want Hutchinson, obviously. I don't know if you did any Oregon games for Thibodeau, but what about that fit with Hutchinson, and would you take him with a one or two pick? I, I sure would. You know, I was very tempted to vote for him for the Heisman. I voted him second behind Bryce Young. And if Bryce Young had not finished the season the way he did um, in those last two games, I mean, he almost single-handedly led them back against Auburn and then was ridiculously good against uh, you know that outstanding Georgia defense in the SEC championship game. So I think that's ultimately what spun it in his direction. But I thought long and hard still, even after that, about voting for Aiden uh, for the Heisman. As I said, I voted for him second. So... Uh, yeah, I think he's a tremendous player. You know, we talked to him a couple times. I think we did at least three mission games. It might have been four, uh, to the point where we would joke with Jim Harbaugh about, you know, we're the TV voices <laughs> of the Wolverines. That's right. Um, a lot of them were early in the year, too. So, and, you know, you could see early in the year that the whole vibe there was just really positive, and there was a lot of belief that they were going to have an excellent season. You know, I remember asking Jim Harbaugh, in one of our Friday meetings, we talked about the standard at Michigan is to win all, all the games. And I said, well, do you have a team that's good enough to do that? And he said, yeah, I think we do. And you could tell the players believe that. You know, I think some of the changes in the coaching staff uh, really helped. But I think Aiden coming back and some of the other players who came back for another year, really with an eye toward winning a Big Ten title, competing for a national championship, you know, that, that – was huge as well and they came back because they really believed they could do it and you know, his talent is a big reason why i was just so impressed you know, he's one of those guys when you sit in the room you know, when he interviews with those nfl teams uh he's going to make nothing but a positive impression you know he's uh, clearly really smart person of high character um you know works extremely hard you know in the weight room and you know, i think uh well, I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was the top pick. I did see Thibodeau, you know, in all honesty. Uh, we had one Oregon game. It was at Utah. Utah handed it to him pretty good that night. It was a big game in the Pac-12. And, you know, Thibodeau made nowhere near as much of an impression on me and impact on the game that night as Aiden Hutchinson did um, in the Michigan games that we did. Yeah, I think they're both great players, but, you know, Based on what I saw firsthand, yeah, uh, yeah, I, you could certainly make an argument for uh, picking him over him or anybody else. Were you able? I don't even know. Were you able to talk to these guys one on one or face to face, or was everything Zoom again? Yeah, sometimes. You know, a lot of our meetings were in Zooms or on Zooms. Um, we did meet with Aiden uh, in person at the beginning of the year, uh, and the other Michigan folks when we were in Ann Arbor, but in a you know 
dramatically spaced out room <laughs> yeah yeah but uh you know but it's uh one of the things that's about covid one of the you know trillions of things that are not great is uh you know we don't we don't get around uh, the players and coaches as much as we used to and you know the meetings are much better when you're sitting there than when you're on a zoom but you know if that's the biggest hardship we have then it's not really that big a hardship if you're the Lions, and again, you've been around all these college kids and you've, and you've called these games, is there, just watching Alabama and Georgia in the title game, and I know you called it for ESPN Radio, I didn't even mention that you did that, but you did, um, the speed of the game, it's almost like, I watched that game, Sean, and the next day on the podcast I said, if, if the Lions took anybody from that game, I'd be fine with it. Because it just, it, it, that, was a, that was such a better football game than the garbage we watched last night. It was like... My gosh, these two, is that one of the best games that you've been around based on just the talent and speed on the field? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the way those teams have been the last few years. I mean, Alabama had six first-round draft picks last year. And, you know, Georgia's loaded with talent. That's one of the fun things, you know, the setup to the game. You know, you talk about each position, you know, there's a great player on one side or the other. A lot of times there's a great player in each position on both sides. So, you know, you, you, we were talking in the setup to the game. I mean, you had uh, Jordan Davis in the middle of Georgia line. Uh, he won a couple of the national uh, awards. Uh, Kobe Dean, the linebacker, won the uh, Buckus Award as the best linebacker in the country. You know, you've got defensive backs who are candidates for the Thorpe Award. You know, everywhere you looked, uh, there were, you know, high-quality players. Guys are going to be high draft choices, so... It was a high-level game. You know, they were the two best teams. Michigan had a terrific year. Cincinnati had a great year as well. But, you know, they weren't really in the same class in terms of depth of talent as uh, as Alabama and Georgia. That was pretty evident, I think, to anybody who watched the playoff. No doubt. And you wonder about Jamison Williams and that torn ACL. Uh, Lions need a receiver. I don't know. You know, they have to wait and still see how far the Rams go before they know when they get L.A.'s first-round pick in the late 20s. But... Boy, Jamison Williams in Detroit would be uh, would be nice. Just you, hopefully, hopefully he's healthy. Yeah, hopefully he is. That was really sad to watch in person. As you said, we were doing the radio. Todd Blackledge and I were doing the radio, and you know, your heart went out to him. You know, he's uh, a lot of his talent is based on his blazing speed and ability to cut. You hope that those things aren't damaged going forward. You know, in, in this day and age with surgery, a lot of these guys come back even better than they were before. And I hope that's the case with him because uh, he has a really bright future. And, you know, that was obviously a, a key to them losing the game. I, I thought Georgia would win the game anyway. But once he went out, they also didn't have John Betchy. You know, Betchy was kind of a possession receiver, third down guy. They didn't have him from the start of the game because he got injured in the SEC championship game. So more of the onus was Williams to have a big night. And then when he went out in the first half, you know, I, I think – uh, the chances of Alabama winning that game took a huge hit. Where does Blackledge? Uh, what, what's your food spot when Blackledge is doing his thing in Ann Arbor? What's your uh, what's your go to? Oh gosh, um, we were there so many times. Um, you know, I don't go with him because you know, I, like when we first got back together, this was three seasons ago now. 
I gained 15 pounds during the football <laughs> season just eating with him. You know, the really? only thing that changes is I eat with Todd. <laughs> and it's never, if you, know, if you notice, he's never going to like a salad and smoothie place. You know? No, so no, no. Chicken fried steak. Oh. <laughs> Singerman's, is, is that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we went there. That was good. I actually went along with him to that one. Um, I'm trying to remember where else he went. Uh and I, I know I should pay more attention than I do. <laughs> then he, you know, then he makes me eat on TV. And, that's you know, right. And I'm that's kind right. of a slob yeah. by nature anyway. So you're always sitting there. I'm probably going to have junk all over my face here uh, while I'm trying to eat whatever it is he's throwing at me. But people love that segment. You it's know, fun. The yeah. last few years when he wasn't doing it, we'd travel around and people would walk up to him time and time again and say, when are you going to bring back the taste of the town? I used to love that. So and now that it's back, he gets a lot of response to it. A lot of time and effort goes into that. You know, it's uh, hard enough, as you know, to you know prepare for these games. But, you know, when you have to take two or three hours uh, out of your Friday, which is a big preparation day to go shoot those things, um, you know, it, it says a lot about his dedication to it. But, but he loves it. You know, he loves identifying the spots and picking out what, makes these uh, different restaurants special and meeting the people who are behind them. And, you know, he really enjoys doing it. I know the viewers like it a lot too. And I get some pretty good food out of the deal usually. So it's a win, win, win. No question about it. All right, Sean, uh, great catching up, my friend. Uh, Keep up the great work. Hopefully we'll see you in Detroit doing some hockey. I love that you're on that, uh, on that uh, subject and topic now in sport. And we'll talk soon. Appreciate it, my friend. Always a pleasure. And yeah, excited about the hockey and, uh, Hope we do get back to Detroit. No doubt. There he is. Sean McDonough with us. ESPN, ABC, ESPN Radio. Does some Red Sox as well. Joining us here on Lockdown Lions. We're back tomorrow. Don't forget to make us your first listen each and every day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.